Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Y'all, I got Daniel Shaw here with me. He is, um, well, me and you met a while back on your podcast, Shooter Podcast. And um, that was awesome, man. That's, that's, you know, I mean, I'm trying to get this garage band thing done perfect before I really get rolling it. Okay, cool. So, yeah, man, he's... You he's, know the popular episode? The, uh, the, I got a lot of comments. People love having you on. They're like, man, that Byron guy was so motivating. Really? That's what he does, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got quite a few messages and emails about it. People loved it. There's actually one iTunes review up there. Um, hey. Joe Buttergast is the podcast. It says, hey, bring that Byron guy back on. He was awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, they, they took the time to leave a review on iTunes, man. That's like the best compliment you can get. Yeah, that's big, man. That's awesome. No, I was an honor being on there, man. I'll, I'll hop back on anytime, you know. Um, and and if I start doing it again, I, I have, I'm on a long break right now. It'll okay. be back though sometime. Yeah, I mean, life is mountains and valleys, man. Mountains and valleys. But yeah, so sh- I mean, I guess I'll let you. You'll probably be better at introducing yourself than I will. I know you from the industry and um, seeing you here and there at some some events and your training. Um, with all your shot strategies and stuff like that. Um, but the question that all executive protection guys are always wondering, it's the question that like, they're always like, anytime you get on a security detail, this is like what everyone's working their way to. And on shot show, we both had to deal with it all the time more than we ever wanted to. I'm sure. But, uh, it's the what's your background? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah. <laughs> it's the like, what's your background, bro? yeah, it's like, we're chilling in the in the chase it's almost a rel- like we're chilling and then there's you you want to know you know what i mean but then it's like how relevant is it but you just gotta ask you know what i'm saying so i know they're all wondering man so yeah spit it what's your what's your background hey, I'm, man i'm just a regular straight leg marine grunt i i wasn't marsoc force recon nothing like that i i did do a couple of cool things with what we got to end the podcast that's it he wasn't <laughs> marsoc sorry <laughs> yeah right not awesome no i've never dude. been awesome um but yeah I, you know when, as a young marine back in the late 90s uh 1997 98 i was uh we were, we were working up for a mu and i got assigned to the uh the, the um the Maritime Special Purpose Force, where you go with the Force Recon Cats and the, the State Platoon, stay back then. Uh, work on precious cargo recovery, rescuing hostages, all kind of cool stuff. So Thank I was you. young, uh, Private Shaw, and uh, fast moving out of helicopters every day, shooting a thousand rounds on a range, going to shoot house. And I spent the next 16 years trying to have as much fun as I did the next that, that first five years, yeah, and get as much training as I did that first five years, and I totally felt miserably, miserably because there was no chance of it. Uh, <laughs> a lot that first year, 
but I was hanging out with some really, really slick guys uh, yeah. my whole first year and learned a lot. And it was basically because I was made a dragon gunner. And the dragon was all but up. The old school and, uh, dragons. That's what's yeah, up. They made it, they're like, hey, let's take Dragon Splatoon and make them the security element for the Force Recon guys. And uh, that, it was awesome, man. It was great. Uh, I've, I've done things like that since then, but the whole the whole system, the MSPF, or this changed now. It's not quite what it once was, but it's still a, it's still a good thing to do for Marines to get a chance to do it. Um, man, did, did a couple of deploy, did a deployment with uh, that unit. Uh, Albanians and Serb were shooting each other went over there and hung out uh, didn't really do much didn't fire my rifle or anything yeah. uh, ended up getting back and I get sent down to Paris Island so let me back up just a hair so around all these these super smart guys these force recon cats wearing uh, flight suits with big bellies you know at the, uh-huh. the type back in the late 90s and early 2000s kind of how everybody was yeah. um, and but these guys would run 10 miles to your one and they could if they all wanted to do it they could have been PhDs working in academia because they were academic. Dude, they were super smart, man. Just like level, crazy dude. cerebral guys, but yeah. but you wouldn't know it. Um, and they wouldn't let you know it. That's so I, awesome. Every time they would talk, I would just keep my mouth shut and stand next to them. That's the mark, just listen, man. With my, with my with my notebook out, just taking notes. Heck yeah. Um, fast forward a year later, we get back off deployment, and uh, they're sending a bunch of Marines down to Paris Island to be range coaches because they need Marines really bad. Okay. Uh, down there so I go there go to coaching school do really good on the range get a couple of awards for being a good coach Heck be, yeah. I get made a block NCO uh, they weren't supposed to have any corporal block NCOs I was corporal by then uh, and then they, the PMI section was like we need Shaw over to PMI section they fought for me battalion commander was like no corporals allowed to be PMIs but then they stuck me over there anyway and stuck me out of the A line at the third phase training um, and then they stuck me in and let me start pushing platoons without anybody knowing it because they knew I'd do good. Uh, I did great down there and I learned a lot about the, the pure form marksmanship side. Not tactics, not fighting with the gun, I think just pure form shooting. But what I learned mostly was how to teach. I learned okay. how to transfer knowledge. You know, right. and, and I learned how to transfer knowledge to, to people that were under stress, people that didn't care, people that did care, you know, and uh, to all different types of people, the homeschool kids, the Eagle Scouts, you know, everybody was different. I started to learn that. And then I get back to the fleet. You know, we're uh, we're spinning up to go to Iraq. We all knew we were going. And uh, I would go to 1st Battalion, 2nd Marines. And we spend uh, a little bit of time getting ready. And, and I meet the gunner. And the gunner, basically, after we talk a few times, has me taking guys out and running ranges. Hey, take okay. this platoon out and do this. Go do that. Hey, we got a rifle range coming up. You need to teach this, the pre pre stuff for they go to the rifle range. So I was I was basically ended up working for the gunner outside of my own job as the assault section leader for Bravo Company, um, and that really pissed off my platoon commander a lot. <laughs> There's uh, always I, that I, one guy up there that doesn't want to see you win, man. Uh, he's like, you're not special, Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not special, but I'm, I'm helping the gunner. I'm, I'm, I'm impacting the battalion, right? So, yeah. So I, I thought great. Shoot but, um, we deployed Iraq. Uh, I, Fought and then fought the Battle of Nazaria at the time. It was the bloodiest battle since uh, Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, kind of a best and worst day. Did a lot of good things that day and saw a lot of bad things, but yeah. really uh, learned a lot in that. Learned a lot about myself on that day and then the, the weeks to follow and months to follow. Um, and then we came back, did another deployment in Iraq. Horrible, miserable time in 04 and 05. Uh, I came back, I'm getting divorced, you know, as we do often. All of us. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was running ranges again for the gunner. Yeah. We're back and ready. Every time we were back in the rear doing that. And uh, next thing I know, I've got these Marines coming up to me, talking to me, asking yeah. me questions, uh-huh. standing next to me when me and the gunner were talking, you know, and, uh, and some of them are taking notes. It's like the like, full circle things happening right now. When, when, when did I become this guy? Yeah. When did I become this guy that, that, that that's what, that, I was you just like five years ago. Heck I yeah. I was you right there. And, uh, and 
then I, I realized, like, man, these guys are, are believing everything that I say. They're not questioning anything. That means I have to be right. That's huge. Like, that's I, responsibility. I, yeah, I, it's I scary. Be wrong. That, yeah, that's a massive responsibility. So I, I kind of uh, looked at what I was doing, what I was teaching, and, and started analyzing some stuff that the Marine Corps was teaching, and yeah. I wasn't liking it. Um, and some mm-hmm. of it I was, mm-hmm. but uh, some of it I wasn't. Yeah. And I'm going through a divorce, and I, I call my monitor. My, I'm up for reenlistment. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm getting out unless you can get me back to Paris Island because I need to chill for a little bit, and while I get divorced and fight for custody and this and that. Yeah. And. Uh, he sends me to Paris Island, like no question. He's like, I got you, buddy. No, no oh, problem. and uh, and he actually did it. There were no home. games, no Kim's yeah. games with your yeah. contract. And I told him, I'm like, look, I'm <laughs> unless you can get me to Paris Island, I mean, you know, that's the only way I'm staying in. Yeah, like, done. Okay, uh, so I'm solid. To go go down there, and I'm, I'm running the range. They they assigned me. They made me push one platoon of uh, recruits, uh, one male platoon, one female platoon, and then they sent me to school section where I taught PMI school to drill instructors and the PMIs there. Uh, and at the time, we were transitioning to the CMT program. Uh, the Combat Marksmanship Training Program of the Marine Corps and CMC. Thank and uh, so the guys down from Quantico came down, spent some time with us, and we had a, a good time going through that whole new curriculum and learning how to teach it. And then we were one of the first people to start implementing it in the Marine Corps, yeah. um, that, that whole program. So I, 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 had a, I got really in touch with the guys up there. We would talk a lot and get a lot of things going. And I, I felt like there was times where I was even impacting you know, what the whole Marine Corps was doing because I was communicating with Quantico. And, uh, there's just a lot of cool stuff going on, man. And I, I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right, right time. time. Right and want to do good things. Yeah, I was bored out of my mind. Okay, uh, all right. I, 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 I'm giving my life story right now. No, nah, spit it, man. This um, is good stuff. <laughs> I was bored out of my mind, and I, I was like, man, I'm gonna go to Fast Company. They go to South America, burn cocoa fields with Navy SEALs. I'll go yeah. to bad guys. You know, we'll be sneaking around protecting CIA guys or something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I call my monitor. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna put in a, a package to go for a special duty to go to a. Uh, to go to security forces and go to fast company. He's like, oh, man, you just got there. You only been there a year. I was like, well, everything's good now. Like, can, can you go there? He's like, well, I gotta hand you over to the bill, B bill recruiter and let him, or the monitor and let him handle it. And I'm put in a good word. Next thing you know, I got orders to security forces Heck yeah. and I'm gone. And yeah. I, I'm up in Chesapeake, Virginia. And, um, I, I go through the school when I'm helping these Marines. You know, the, the, the people who teach security forces school from every MOS, they're not all infantrymen, they've not all been in fights, they've not all been in touch with some of the things that I tried to stay on the, the, the cutting edge of as yeah. far as information. Um, and I, I was helping out the, the Marines in my class. Uh, there was another sergeant in the class that I was about two years a senior, but I did, acted like I wasn't. I was like, I didn't want to be class commander. I'm like, you handle that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was helping these guys like crazy on uh, on the range. Anything I had to do with weapons, and I was teaching them. And I, I would actually show some of the instructors a few things, you know, very politely. Just, I'm still a student. Yeah. Uh, they're sergeants and staff sergeants. And um, they're calling out names and who are you going? Like, so-and-so, you're going to uh, Navy Nuke Protection at Kings Bay. So-and-so, 8th and I. So-and-so, 2nd Pass. Shaw, go see 1st Sergeant. And uh, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like did I come back okay. on the background check? I haven't done anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like you know, but but I, I missed a couple of payments on a few things. Like, yeah, like, cool, right? How uh, did I get here? But, uh, so I, I go down and uh, see first. He's like, Shaw, uh, you're staying here at security forces. You're going to be a weapons instructor. Or you're staying here at the training school. You're going to be a weapons instructor. Check. I was like, I just left the place where I was a weapons instructor to come shoot bad guys with fast company yeah. you know, and like you're making me watch. he's like well we need you here you do a good job I heard a lot of good things blah blah, blah. Uh, so next thing you know car. I'm there uh, a couple months go by I get promoted uh, to staff sergeant finally that's a long another story um, <laughs> and then uh, they um, they end up 
restructured a few things, and I'm a weapons team leader. So now I've got eight Marines, uh, sergeants and corporals. Uh, they're my team, and we take uh, every single group that comes through base of security guard. Our, my team or another weapons team will pick them up halfway through and run them through uh, about a four-week weapons package that covers everything from nine, Beretta 9mm to uh, uh, heavy machine guns. Um, and I'm working on helping develop that heavy machine gun program. Um, and so we, we put all this stuff together and I redid a lot of the cur- curriculum. Uh, I hate dealing with training education command and doing contract <laughs> review stuff. It's like getting stuff done, even though it's great information. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like a, a camel, you know, a, a horse designed by a, uh, the committee and it's, it's, it turns into something horrible and it loses its, its meat that it needed to have. Yeah. But this is where I changed. You know, this, is where, okay. this is where I really figured out what I was going to do with my life, man. Uh, well, this is partly what I was going to do. I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I had my own range, and I would call up an armor and say, hey, man, can you bring me a 9 mil down and, uh, you know, about 2,000 rounds of 9 millimeter ammo? And uh, he would bring that down, and I would shoot drills, and I would test things all day. Heck uh, yeah. I do that with a rifle. And I, I got to shoot. I got to spend taxpayer dollars on the range, doing R&D, shooting, trying different things, different yeah. techniques, different things I saw. Uh, the internet was starting to pick up with some stuff on YouTube. This was 05, 06, 07. Uh, I ended up leaving there at the uh, end of 09. And man, I, I learned that there was so much more that I needed to learn. Yeah. I didn't know anything about guns. Yeah. I had been teaching and carrying a gun professionally for about 10 years. And I realized I didn't know anything about anything about it. I had the same it. type of and, experience uh, at one point. And, I, of that, and then I kept working, went to Okinawa for a little bit, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Uh, I retired and, um, I started my own company and started traveling around teaching. I was busy all the time. Um, and I got a new company now, same, doing the same thing. But uh, that's what I do is travel mainly, main source of income is traveling around teaching. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that behind the scenes, but I, I love it. I, I enjoy it. I don't love the business side of it, but I love uh, yeah. impacting people. Yeah. Uh, I actually got a chance a couple of years ago when I was working for Thunderbird, uh, a company out in Kansas. Uh, Marines contacted me, um, an old Marine buddy of mine, and I went up to Camp David and taught Marines up there. Yeah. I had a beard and everything, and I'm on Camp David teaching Marines. It was awesome, Heck man. Yeah. It was so cool. Heck uh, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I, got to, I got to influence Marines again, man. And, uh, and that's just uh, when you're around your brothers, it's like, ah, uh, it's like this kindred spirit, you know, hanging around out with yep. other Marines, man. It's just like, it's good yeah, feeling. It's quick, man. It happens yeah. fast. So I, I, it's where I kind of developed my mentality and realized that I, I don't know much. I started my podcast around then when I was in security forces um, and, in Chesapeake. And I, it, it, it kind of led to one of those things that I say now on, uh, in, in public and, uh, and in my classes is I've been wrong about so many things in my life. I have taught with, with vigor. Like I, <laughs> I was excited about it. I believed yeah. it 100%. Yeah. It's something that was wrong. And yeah. I, I've, I've preached something that was wrong, yeah. I, and I did it for a long time because I didn't know any better. Yeah. Or it wasn't even my fault. It was, then new information arrived that wasn't available before, and yeah. I, I've changed my mind about those things. I can give mm-hmm. you tons of examples of things that I've changed about that have changed in my classes and what I teach right now because I'm not so ingrained in my curriculum. I, I believe that I, I tell my students like I I have been wrong so many times in my past that there is no way I can possibly be right today. I am probably going to teach you things. I I know I'm going to teach you things that are wrong. I'm going to come back to you in two years from now and say, remember that thing? That was wrong. Here's a better way to do it. Uh, But I believe that I am more right than I've ever been. No, that's it, man. uh, There's my life story and how I got to this point right now. You know, I knew you would do the introduction better than I would, man. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was motivating for me to listen to. Nah, but it was good, man. It's like, I mean, I have had a lot of those moments too, bro. Like, 
you know, when I first started hanging out with my silly villain friends and what were we getting ready to go to shoot a competition? And, and one of them was like, oh, so you're going to learn how to shoot a gun. And I was like, talking about shooting. I'm a, I'm a United States. Do you understand? <laughs> I'm a combat veteran, United States Marine. Came there looking like uh, just a y- garage sale. Worst yeah. gear to shit. Just, it was so <laughs> embarrassing. I just was quiet all day, bro. <laughs> 14 year old girls smoke checking me on all the stages. Like, and I was just like, this ain't gonna be how it is. <laughs> and, and that's really just the shooting part. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the shooting part. There's so much, there's so many more layers to this. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I run into people all the time when I'm talking to them, when that's what I do. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I know how to shoot. I'm, like, well, why don't you come on to the class? You're like, oh, no, I, I, I said I already know how to shoot. I'm like, yeah, uh, the cup's full. We're talking about two different types of shooting here. Oh, yeah, right? and, 100%. Uh, like I, I'm trying to be really nice about it. Yeah. Then they come out, or somebody does come out. Like, my family does it. I don't, I don't know what they pictured that I did. My dad was in a class uh, last uh-huh. weekend out in Kansas, uh, and he came, he watched my rifle class before that. And then uh, one of my nephew came to a class uh, about a month ago, mm-hmm. and uh, I just saw it, like, in the middle of it. He was just looking at me. My nephew was like, what? I never knew. I never knew this is what you were doing. <laughs> I, guess they, I guess they thought I was just standing there teaching somebody how to load a gun and unload it and shoot it. Yeah. But like, I, I, I teach people to fight with guns, man. And there's yeah. a lot that goes into that. Heck and, yeah. And uh, it, it gets pretty intense. And it, people usually don't, unless they've been exposed to a, a, a high level class like that, you know, or in high intensity class, then they don't really know what we're doing. I don't believe they've actually ever really tested themselves either. That's true. That's so true, man. I mean, if. If just the first layer of going to a shooting competition is enough to scare most people away, you can only imagine. I mean, we got women and children doing this stuff. You know what I mean, like, let alone like combatants. You know, like I, I'm on a detail and I'm like, hey guys, let's go. Getting guys to go to the range with you, as you said, is difficult. I'm talking about on a security detail. You know, because everyone likes to rest on their laurels. You know, and that's what I did for a while. And then I, I went to that match. And started shooting with my civilian friends and got my eyes open up being, you know, infantry marine. We do most all we did was pistol. I mean, was a rifle anyway. So I was retarded when it came to pistol. Oh, Marines suck with handguns. Like I've called like twice in my life, you know, so. A shot expert. Yeah. Leave me alone. And that's nothing. Like when I went, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother like topic. Yeah, Chris Rock's kid. He's like, brothers always want like recommend recommend recognition for shit they ought to be doing anyway right? yeah shot expert well, you, you're supposed to shoot expert yeah right it, it, it's so easy to shoot expert That's yeah the, you're not even tested on the no you're not and you're not like cops are the same way cops are the same way I, I, I'm training more and more law enforcement officers every year yeah um, and, and with a few different organizations and, and some agencies and the ones that chief makes them come or the sheriff makes them come like go to training or some captain says hey you're gonna be this training they're absolutely horrible Horrible, and what they do for training, and the ones who do train hard, uh, that come out there and put in work, as you can tell, they put in work on their own dime, on their own time. Um, they are so frustrated because all their departments do is shoot calls, just for insurance stuff and liability and all yep. that. And these guys are, are like, man, there's people that there's people that I'll be in in something serious and I'll call for backup, and then I'll hear somebody, certain people respond, and I'll go ahead and cancel backup because I don't want them arriving and have to draw a gun. No. Uh, that's scary, man. That's scary. That's scary and that's, that's sad. Yeah. 
and as a community, you know, if, if I were a law enforcement officer or if I were an executive protection guy, yeah, uh, you know, I, I try to do what I do as a whole in the community. I don't believe there's any mortal man that should have been should be able to tell me if I can or can't carry a gun or what hoops I should right. jump through to carry a gun. But I do believe that us as a community need to inspire each other to get training. There's a lot of morons out there carrying guns that have no business carrying guns. Yeah, you probably got some in your field. Yeah, you know, I, I get, there's been plenty of Marines around me that were that way. One hundred percent. Each other to the standard. I think. I think if you if you're if someone's trusting their life to you, then you have lost the right to be out of shape. Yeah. You have lost. You have lost the right to not know how to use your gear, whether that's a flashlight, a gun, a taser, your handcuffs, whatever it is. If you are not extremely proficient with those things, you're wrong. You're you wrong. You're right wrong as heck. Yeah, no, 100%. And you're the most dishonorable type of operator among us, man. The most dishonorable type. And that's something that, you know, I always try to push home. It's like, yo, every single time you leave your house with your firearm to go on ahead and try to protect somebody and and really be on stand and like hold the line it, uh, between good and evil, the innocent and, and the not innocent, man, you're writing a blank check. You're writing a blank check. And for me, I work... I, I work, I mean, I work multiple security details every single day, almost of the week. I'll go two to three weeks without sleeping in, but I still find time to get to the range or at least, at least once, sometimes twice a week, or at least shoot a competition or do something to make sure I'm maintaining my skill sets. Because if I find myself in a fair fight and I lose, it's the most shameful thing that can happen. You know what I mean? There's people dependent on you. So I agree 100%. It's time to go to the range, Byron. You know, it's, uh, I go long days. I try to wear them out by the end of the day. Yeah. Because when you get into something, uh huh. And when the law enforcement officer out there watching is getting into something, yeah. When a military guy gets into something, he's tired, man. Yeah. It's the end of the shift. It's almost over. Yeah. People have dropped their guard down a little bit. Uh, we're wore out. That's when we have to fight. That's when we need to be able to fight. That's when you need a. That, that's when we should train. That's right, exactly, man. You got me. That's that's what you've got to train, man. And that's that's one thing the Marine Corps was good at. They're good at getting you yeah. tired and then throwing an the extra lap in there. You know, you're running right past yeah, the squad. Yeah. They're like, "Whoo, we're just we're there." And you know, you take another yeah. lap. That's, that develops a mental toughness, man. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to. I mean, I, I, when I was in security force, I'd take these young Marines. These kids were 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And uh, we we'd go on a run, and they I could tell they were looking around, be in the office. I'd be like, hey, are they looking for me? And like, yeah, they're they're looking for. You. They're wondering if you're coming because they know if I'm going to come run with them, it's going to hurt. Go to this hike down to the range or whatever we're doing. Yeah. Then I, they all have better PFTs than me. Every single one of them have better PFTs than me. But I would be behind the guy, or I'd tell one of the guys, like, hand me that 240. No staff sergeant. Like, <laughs> I told you, hand to me that 240. You're like, hey. <laughs> I'm not going to run when Marines are carrying 240s and I'm not carrying a 240. Yeah. So I, I throw a 240 on my shoulder and, and we get go ahead go and, and get after lives, it. You know, and whenever they're all strung out, you know, it's uh, like a drive-by shooting back there. Then yep. I will turn around and pick them up. Yeah. You know? And like that's... And, go back and, and get them. Uh, they, would, they would all blow me away on a PFT. Yeah. But they, they would... They couldn't beat me mentally. You know? Yeah, and I got you know the Marine Corps. I got to like, show them every day. You got to man, every, every single yep. day. I remember, man. I remember Stessar Rios was was that guy for me, man. And we would. It was like 
your heart would just melt inside your chest when you see this dude come out and walk to the front of formation. He was a machine gunner. He's going to kill us. He's going to We're going to die a small death today. You know, and he'd walk up and he would just, I mean, this dude was like a legend. He would just take a 240 from the guy at the front, give him that 240. And he'd have a dip in and he'd do this, he'd do this thing with his lips and he'd be like, give me this 240. He'd grab it and he, I think, I forget what nationality he was. He's brown, man. And he'd just take that thing, whap, throw it on the back of his pack and we'd start marching. And as you're marching, the, for the first couple minutes, you're like, yo, maybe we're just going to march it out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, maybe we'll just pitter-patter, march it out back. And then he'd be like, ah, double time. And it was over, bro. And you would never, you'd never catch up with him. And you would never, you just see the back of his feet, man. He would just, boom, blaze off. And we'd just die back there. You just knew you couldn't stop running. You better just keep running, you know? That's good stuff, man. It sounds like your path has been like, I mean, you're so blessed to have had that time at the range where you could just learn and create, you know, uh, that's amazing. And also, like, I love to hear the just the kind of the empty glass, man, the way that you're like, look, I've been wrong. I live wrong. I do wrong. And hey, you know, I'm here to learn and uh, give the most accurate value. Thank you, babe. Accurate value as I can um, and evolve. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm constant, you're constantly evolving. I think, you know, I'm I'm with you 100% on that. What would you say now? The age of information has us all connected. You know what I'm saying? And so we have all these sensational gurus and teachers and things like that, and instructors that are coming out in the game, man. What trait or what would you say people should look for in instructors these days? Uh, because you know, like they're everywhere. You know what I mean? Like. What types of things? Is there a mark? Is there a mentality? Is there uh, something to help guys get good training? Is there a background? I don't know. How would you approach that equation if you were just getting into like, hey, maybe I'm a law enforcement guy. I want to get some training. Or maybe I'm a civilian. I'm fresh. And I'm like, yo, I, I need to learn how to use a gun. You know, American culture is changing. I need to take my own protection into my own hands. Uh, what kind of advice would you give someone like that? There's a lot of good trainers out there. Heck a yeah. lot of there's a lot of bad trainers out there and when I say bad I'm talking about the ones who are unsafe uh, those are the worst those are dangerous I I hate the unsafe instructors who are race to the bottom let's get a video of the most dangerous stupid drill possible uh, just so people will be like yo I'm gonna go sign up for that class uh, it's just ridiculous it, it's dangerous they have and they will continue to hurt people um, but then there's there's bad instructors that you can still pick up some things from, but it may not be worth the money and time you put into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I find last year I traveled around, took a lot of classes, um, and I took a lot of classes when I was in certain areas, and I just looked around and Googled and found a class at this range or these mm. people, this group of guys that I've never heard of, but they're all in the military or something or work in the military, and yeah. they, they have a rifle class. Uh, so right. I, I jumped in a few of these classes with instructors nobody's ever heard of. And I, I, I had three of them to be exact. This year, I've got about seven altogether uh, with people nobody's ever heard of. And I find that they're all doing the same thing. And I, I've got a theory that the reason some people out there have heard of me and they've heard of Jeff Gonzalez, Steve Fisher, uh, you know, obviously uh, Travis and Chris and, and a bunch of those other guys. Um, the reason that a lot of those guys, their names are, is they're doing more than just calling drills on the range. 
Huh. So what do you these, mean? These, these classes, what they all had in common with these instructors that I didn't know. And I gave them all a little write-up, and I sat and talked to them afterwards. But not like I'm trying to be some awesome guru. I, I want to help people, man. I want to reach more people. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think I killed a lot of bad guys indirectly because of what I taught Marines. That, that helps me sleep well at night. That's fantastic. So I, I think every time, and I, I think <laughs> that's a motivating time, thought, man. Citizen, right. Every time a citizen gets a little bit more well regulated in the yeah. U.S. and gets a little bit more training, yeah. I think it makes my country safer, makes my community safer. I'm right there with uh, you I think it, I on think it that, helps, bro. I think it helps us protect the Second Amendment because we got less stupid people out there because they're now more smarter and more educated. That, so I, yeah. With, with his brand, that's I'm, I'm on the same page, man. Like. I want to help the executive protection practitioner, one, restore a lot of honor to our field, you know, because I think a lot of people have kind of really drugged the things that we stand for through the mud. Um, and they've, we've been misrepresented in a lot of ways. Yo, what's up, Luke? Good to see you, bro. And um, I think a lot of people don't take this as seriously because it's not as heavily regulated and things like that. Um, but with every, like person such as yourself or with every podcast or in every single way that I think this brand can contribute to the executive protection field or even just the protection industry with regards to training our citizenship, our citizenry here in America or even around the world. I think we're making the world a better place in our own warrior way. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're like warriors doing like yeah. good warrior deeds. You know what I'm saying? If someone doesn't get smoked, dodges something, mitigates something or, you know, survives and uh, an, an altercation because of the information that we're injecting into society, man, that's just the stuff that motivates me, man. When I hear you say that, that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah that was. And this is totally not even with your question altogether. Nah, send it. Uh, it's good chance, man. Training and who's good and everything, but with that same line of thought, so we have to educate each other more. And it doesn't belong to me. I want to give it all out, uh, which is what inspired me to start learning about film I, I want to do things for the farms industry and film and I have done a lot of things for years for the farms industry and film uh, but you know I want to sneak into Syria and, and, and catalog the Rajat the, uh, Assad regime like the first white guy who reports there I want to do some crazy stuff that I think most journalists and not a journalist uh, yeah. don't have the balls to do I, I, I want to I want to go like some SF journalism I see some things on this planet that that I think if people, if, if a lot of people out there had experienced the same things that I have and seen the same things I have, they probably would think about things a little bit differently in life. And yeah. I, I want to figure out how to show them those things. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of film and documentary stuff. And not even just talk, it could be fiction, it could be a book, it could be a story. So I, I'm in grad school right now. Uh, I, I introduced myself at the beginning of classes. I have a bunch of SWAT cops out here. Like, hey guys, I'm Daniel, I'm a liberal arts student. Because uh, yes. I'm a liberal art student, and uh, <laughs> it could be like I'm, like I'm crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure. I came almost, and I hated high school, but I love college. So I'm learning so much all the time with with undergrad and grad school and everything else. Heck but yeah! I, I'm at a point now where I, I want to get better at film, and I want to get the time to do that. I need some dollars, right, to get to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding that I think this is not the right thing this isn't the right medium for this but uh executive protection podcast and we're talking about guns and shooting stuff but i think the most powerful thing that can happen uh or that i can teach somebody is how to write teaching a marine who has severe ptsd how to express himself creatively could save his life yeah uh executive protection guy i can Um, testament teaching someone how to read and write and learn could help them and how to actually be analytical yeah uh on on everything that they encounter being a better writer makes you better at life 
yep. uh, how you're analyzing. It makes you a better arguer. It makes you yep. you're not going to get somebody uh, you know scam you on something. You're seeing right through everything. Yeah. Because uh, I can argue on paper with the best of them, and I can argue them, and I love arguments. Like one of my favorite yeah. things to do. It's exciting. Friends, I, I love to argue. Yeah. Um, and I man, the, 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 I, it bothers me that there's. There's people who don't know these things, these simple things, they can't analyze the rest of life because they don't have the basic skills to be analytic. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'm 100% with you, man. Like, I wrote that book, Finding Meaning After the Military, for a reason, man. Um, fortunately, I just got into blogging back then, and I, I remember, like, one of the bloggers that I was following was like, yo, let's do this 100-day podcast, this 100-day writing challenge and start writing. And, I mean, it just helps you just the way you're thinking, the way you're deconstructing, like, everything around you, and you have to regurgitate it. But it's, like, a highly effective form of therapy. And I think it is pertinent to the whole executive protection lifestyle oh, yeah. thing because, yo, these are skill sets that are going to make you a better human and the better of a human you are the better you're going to be whatever your chosen endeavor is really you know what i mean like um th- so writing helped me process all my trash helped me process all my iraq stuff and then i started to like write all my like little bit of stuff inside of me and i started to be like yo i don't have anything inside of me yeah you know i mean like i've been listening to like heavy metal and like taking over country like doing Marine Corps stuff and like like what's inside of you you know like I remember I was listening to some rap music and I was like I gotta turn this trash off like this is not like and then I started to really be like yo the quality of the information I'm taking in like hey you know like how are you gonna contribute bro like to life yeah I mean like what what are people gonna know you yep. for like you just wanna be like you want all My the my wife will come in here later on yeah and she'll turn the TV on yeah and she's getting a lot better at this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm in North Carolina, so I'll say bless her heart, right? That's yeah. what I say around here. Um, yeah, I say God bless her. This. And that woman puts up with a lot of stuff with me. Uh, but she, she'll turn the TV on, and it'll go to, like, some news channel. Yeah. Like, she'll crank it up, and she'll flip through, and it'll, it'll be on Fox News. And I'm like, I'm over here trying to do something. Like, <laughs> I got the headphones in. I'm listening to an audio book. I'm, I'm writing something. The audio book is on, like, I don't know, but something to make me smarter. Yeah. Uh, and I'm over here working on something else. And, and then here's... Here's somebody on the TV telling me what I need to be pissed off about. And scared of. Somebody telling me that like this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. It's horrible and the world's yeah. going to end. Yeah. And make sure you're mad about this. Make sure you're angry. Yeah. Or you be pissed off about this and go do this. And like tell me how to think, how to breathe, how to eat, yeah. how, to, how to be, what I should or should not be pissed about, what I should accept yeah. and what I shouldn't accept. Hey, mm-hmm. this, this little boy is doing this on the internet have you seen the new video of the the transgender kid you know yeah. you should think this is awesome and if you don't you're a horrible person screw you i think whatever i want i'm a free person <laughs> exactly and I can articulate that in writing yeah and with my mouth what i think and why i think yeah i think that and i can back it up with historical evidence because yeah. i'm a pretty dang smart guy yeah. i don't need that tv telling me what to be pissed off about i've got a lot more problems to deal with like real quality <laughs> problems nowhere near I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Right. I want to solve the world's problem. I want, yeah. I want to bring reality and light people to see what it's like in third world countries to people mm. in the U.S. You yeah. know, that, that, yeah. that worship the Kardashians. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, want to, I, I want people to realize, like, when they say um, uh, first world problems, like, what that really means. Yeah. Uh, I, I, want to do, I want to do a lot of things that I'll probably never get to do. But what I am going to but do you gotta try, man. is I'm going to get up every day. Heck yeah. like I'm a motivational speaker. No, you I'm are, dude. Get after it. <laughs> I'm going to put in work. Yeah. And one day I'm gonna die. Yeah. My goal is that when I die, they have to rent out the Superdome or, or <laughs> some big massive stadium. Yeah. Because so many people want to come pay their respects at my funeral. Yep. That's that's what I want to get done because I impacted yeah. positively so many lives. Yeah. Uh, they have to just get half the planet, yeah. you know, to, to be my my funeral service. 
Dude, you're touching on you're touching on the principles, man, that I live by. Like, live your life for a moment, man. Like, I live my life to die. You know, I live my life. Like, that vision you were just talking about is like what wakes you the freak up. Like, people are like, Byron, how are you going to bed at waking up at 4 a.m. every morning? Yo, that same moment you're talking about, man. Like, I'm training myself for a moment when my client might need me, my family might need me, uh, when those around me might need need me to live my legend and be the person that I need to be to protect them, uh, to say the right thing, um, to take action, maybe not to take action. You know what I mean? Like all those moments. And so I'm training my mind, my body, my spirit, my emotions at all times for those moments. And you know what? It pays off. You know, when you're in the client, in your car with your client, you say the right thing. Or when you're, uh, you know, you're confronted with an issue that could be an issue but you deal with it properly why because we're doing the work underneath the mother stinking street lights you know what i'm saying like i'm taking in the qual- high quality information that makes it so i can make different connections my tools for solving problems are sophisticated enough for me to be able to navigate things without friction points that and bought and getting caught up on bottlenecks that other people are dealing with and so when i see a problem you know to somebody else that's dealing with an everyday problem i've been studying under multi-millionaires and billionaires and all the different people and different subject matters that i've been you know studying on a regular basis so to me this problem is relative to like the people that and the voices and the quality information has been influencing my life you know what i'm saying to someone else who's been watching the kardashians and the fox news that problem's some real stuff you know what i'm saying i've been studying napoleon for the last month and like your problem i can tell the manner of man you are by the measure of your problems and so when i see guys getting flustered about stuff i just got you got to be graceful unless someone's got a gun or something uh, the emotional intelligence piece kicks in when people run out of intellectual options to solve their problems. And that tells you about yep. right where the sophistication of their tools drops off. And this is all stuff that's so relative to executive protection because you're in these social dynamics every day. With my family, coworkers, yeah. uh, in the last few businesses that I've worked in, um, they just get, they get stressed out. Yeah, they get, over. They get, like, their level of stress gets so high over small things. I'm, I'm like, Wait, wait, I just can't get this done. This is so hard. Blah, blah. Like, what do you mean it's so hard? I just did that a few yeah. months ago. Like, all you got to do is this and that. But, well, it's easy for you because because you you know how to do this stuff. No. And I'm like, no, man. I got You're I figure muscle. it out I muscles. <laughs> I, I have never, I, I played a lot of sports in high school and, yeah. and even as an adult, and I was never the best player on any team, never right. got an MVP at anything, but you always knew I was on the court because I'd hustle. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. You, I made my presence known. I yeah. was never the best shooter, the best BFT, or the best every leader, the best everything in the Marine Corps. Yeah. But, but I made my presence known, you know, and I was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, but I, what I've done in the past, I would say six years that has really, or maybe even seven, that has made me different than, than most of my peers and most people that I know is what you just said a few minutes ago is what I'm taking in. I'm, yep. I'm really trying to control yep. about what the information I take in. I, I listen to stupid self-help books all the time that I yep. think were horrible. And some of them are, but some of them are... Uh, but there's something in there. Amazing. Yeah, there's always something. Business books, uh, read business books, leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, Psychology. So much stuff that I take in all the time. Right now, I, I'm in a... My next class is a literature class. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I'm, it's, it's huge, man. They really get this. <laughs> but no, I feel you, bro. The, the quality of the information, man. They send me this big right here man like, that's my book for, for class like that's it's aggressive so, like, come on man like, <laughs> so i don't know anything about analyzing literature and literature yeah. theory and stuff so 
so I picked up a couple of books on literature. Yep. Um, and I've been reading them, trying to school up before this class, so I'm not like a dummy. So I, when I, because I know questions are going to be asked. Yeah. No conversations are going to be happening with students who already know this stuff. Right. And I may be smarter than them, but I don't know yeah. anything about this. I can't go in here and sound like a dummy. I need to know what I'm talking about. That's the so equation. I, I, like I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. With a lot of you know when you're you're about to start a detail, you know, you find out who your client is. Yo, this is the age of information. Talking about how you don't know or you, this isn't your world or you're not that type of guy. No you're wrong, bro. You're, you're wrong. Go on ahead and get yourself a couple audio books. Cue them up. Get on YouTube yeah. if you have to. Cue it up on your commute. I don't want to hear it. And learn learn some trash so that you so that you have something of value to say and contribute in the environment you're about to go into because that's how you're going to survive. You know what I mean? Like, And... I think it's just, it's personal responsibility, you know, it's person it's your personal responsibility. And like on what you were saying with other people getting stressed out too, you know, it's like, I think that life honors us with the sophistication of the problems we have to solve. And so when you're looking at like, you know, the average person and what would stress them out, which is going like two feet off the beaten path that they, the little route that they do every single day, you know what I mean? Like one thing's out of, out of place and they're like, oh, I'm having the worst day ever. And they're like, can't like navigate that, you know, like. Listen, you're dealing with the problems that are relative to your intelligence level, your productivity level, and really what you deserve because it's all relative to you. And when you become smarter and more sophisticated, then guess what? You'll be dealing with more sophisticated problems like how to run your security company as opposed to how to deal with just being the agent on the ground. And as you grow as an individual, you start to you you're honored by your enemies, just like David was honored by Goliath and every other superhero or famous person you've ever heard of is only known because of the problem that they've solved and because of the, the, the enemy that they destroyed, you know? So I, I, man, like, I mean, this is, and, and I think it's all relevant, it's all relevant to, to the EP game because the lifestyle behind this is about becoming a better person and the better person you become, yep. the more you can contribute and whether people realize it or not, the more valuable you are you are even if it's not in regards to a tactics thing just as a human being you know so i'm with you man like my journey i've been absorbing audiobooks ever since like the lights flipped on in like 2011 for me and i know i'm up around like 300 and some change now and you know also finishing my master's in psych and um, it's it. The funny thing is, this way of life takes on a momentum of its own. So now, when I'm at like, sometimes when I'm in movies, like about an hour and a half through the movie, I'm like, if there's no storyline, if it's not well written, the quality of information. Sometimes I, I I snap out of it and I'm like, yo, this is boring. I could be getting so much stuff done, or like, or like I can't I can't watch normal people TV because the quality of the information is so low. You know, I'd rather go learn or create the life that I'm working for. You know, oh, yeah. because your purpose gives you boundaries and it and and it it, it 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 motivates you your purpose motivates you it's like the fight that as warriors we're here to fight you know um that's good stuff man so so mad at me i tell her this all the time i'm like she'll be watching uh bravo or whatever like straight filth garbage channel <laughs> with people always arguing and throwing stuff at each other negative energy and angry like they're all yeah. acting too it's like horrible um and I'm like, and she gets so mad at me. Like, can we please watch something else? Like, she's just, you're not watching it. I'm like, I can, I can hear it. You know, yeah. sorry. So I just bought these a couple days ago. There you go. The noise cancel. You guys are close quarters too, so yeah. They help a lot. Uh, but she's so mad because she's like, I'm calling you. I'm like, but, but really, what I really mean when I'm talking to her, and, and she will hear this, uh, and she, she believes it's true, but just some, she has, she's not as disciplined about it as I am. 
Yeah. I've got this little eight-year-old gunner that just ran by to the bathroom and went back to his room. Uh-huh. Uh, he's awesome. He's the most viable thing on the planet. He's like he's, he's amazing. Every day, he's awesome. Uh, I wake up every day and hope I don't ruin him. He's so smart, smarter than I've ever been. Uh, that I'll never. I think he, just the way he retains knowledge and the way he he is uh, inquisitive, like he's constantly trying to learn something. Uh, he's off. Okay, make animations. Oh, I, I'm supposed to tell you that he makes animations. He does. He makes really good animations, and they're awesome. You see, like, really are. And yeah. you're like, they're awesome. I'm like, would you rather him see you? Right. Over here. Get it. At 11 o'clock at night, doing your schoolwork, banging it out. Hammering. Or reading a book. Yeah. Or, like, watching these, like, disgusting people. These idiots on television. To the white party, and who didn't get invited yeah. to the white party? Like, come on. Yeah, it's, it's just straight because garbage, that is what fuels me. Yo, my pops, uh, extremely successful entrepreneur, owned one of the biggest security companies in the Bahamas. He's multinational, like living in a number of different places, ultra successful. And growing up watching him, the grind, man. That's just like it's like what sticks in my head, and it's like the only thing I think yeah. is right. Like because I remember just watching him, and like he'd get he'd get up, he'd leave the house at like five a.m. and he'd come home, and like yeah, he'd kind of spend time with us. Like the TV would be on, and he'd be behind his computer just building an empire. And I just remember watching him and yeah. being like, you know, and like I remember him kind of hanging out when he could, but building. And I, I'm so glad I had that example because I don't think anything else is okay and I'm so glad I don't think anything else is okay and I'll focus on being there for my kids and stuff but and you better I, believe they're gonna see that work ethic that same example for your kids you and it, it, I'm, I'm repeating the I'm repeating the same example for your kids heck yeah the cycle man <laughs> so uh, uh, and I, I, I try to spend as much time with him as I can to be because yeah as horrible as a person as I think I am and you know as screwed up as I think I am I still don't trust anybody on this planet to be more of an influence on him than me. Uh, I also, and people tell me it's part of the PTS and all that stuff, but uh, I don't think I'm gonna live long. I just can't see myself living long. Yeah. I can't see him graduating. I can't see him getting married. Like, I just can't see me being there. No. You know, like, like I've seen so many young deaths, people die young, that yeah. I'm like, how can, I, I'm probably not gonna make it that long. I've almost died so many times. Like I, I understand how fragile I am. Yeah. Uh, and how easily I can be There's a lot to be said for that. Uh, sickness, wake up tomorrow and I'm feeling sick and go to yep. the doctor and I got cancer. You know, something is gonna happen. I don't know what it is. But um, that's what I think in my mind. So I've got a sense of urgency. Like, cause I've, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get, leave. If I do die tomorrow, I've got to make sure everything's in place. If mom's yeah. ready for like, she's got good education. She yeah. can go to, go get a good job. Like he knows how to act. Uh, there's a lot of stuff recorded so he understands who I am and what kind of stuff they're, they're kind of that's not that beautiful I do the same that. thing man the recording yeah, thing like, my kid can stuff. sit down and watch me talk for two or three days straight right now <laughs> and so then people will say if I died today it's that's like awesome. my wife could be like go spend time with your dad yeah, like, just go in the room go to YouTube <laughs> you know yep, it's that, beautiful nothing wrong with that I, I think so I, 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 go I, ahead I want to be the best influence I can and uh, on him um but I, I also, I want him to be smart. You know, I want him to have a good work ethic. I want him to have all those things. But what I don't want him to do, unless he wants to, yeah. I don't want him to go get a nine to five because the American American says Told work a nine to five job, get a mortgage, two cars, and a wife that you hate. Yep. You know, don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Uh, you ever listen to Mikey Mike? Uh, no, not yet. Shaggy hair, white rapper guy thing. Uh, okay. You've looked at this song. Uh, my favorite song, Paulo Rubio, GN on Punker Tactical, sent okay. this to me. He's like, dude, you're going to love this. Yeah. Um, basically, this guy says, uh, uh, he goes through this whole spiel. Uh, he's like, mom, his mom's asking him, like, Mike, don't you want to meet someone? He's like, no, I want to meet everyone. 
He's like, well, don't you want to be comfortable? He's like, no, I don't want to be comfortable. Like, and that's why I, I think like, why I don't want to be comfortable. I create my problems so I can solve problems. I, I, yeah. if I won $2,500 million tomorrow. I think it's the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Yeah. Maybe. No, I'm, I'm you know, because like good with that money, but I, I don't want to lose that that necessity to grind yep. and to be who I am. Yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to get comfortable. Yeah. Even if I had that money, I'm gonna find a way to stay uncomfortable. Dude, I, I I'm right there with you. I, you ever read, you ever read, you ever read Sebastian Junger's uh, book Tribe? Tribe, yeah, a long time ago. That's an older book Great for me. Book. Yeah, One uh, of my favorite quotes is, nothing will lead you closer to destruction than comfort, man. Nothing will lead you closer to destruction yep. than comfort. I Every day, man, I say that, and I live there, man. I stay on that edge. It's a beautiful thing, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, he talks about the mental health of, uh, of these countries that are like in, in war and after war. Almost everybody he interviews is it, stating that they were much happier and more of a knit of a tight knit family during the the conflict when there was dangers every day um and then after the war they broke it apart and nobody needs each other anymore and suicides are on the rise yeah uh there's a lot of mental health issues mm-hmm. so it's uh there's i think i think our happiness uh getting in touch with our our man our primal instincts like yeah. really deep down makes us tick those only come out when we're not comfortable yeah, My buddy Ryan Hoover, fit the fight says growth, there's growth and discomfort, and uh, no, that's, I, that's how you a true statement. Man. That's how you tra- that's how you act. That's how you access your adaptation response, man. Like I always, you know, you I mean, you hear me, man. Find the purpose within the pain to unlock the potential in your process. That's like one of the things I say all the time and also what you were saying about uh, death you know like for me too man my experiences in Iraq and getting jammed up and having a kind of near death experience and all that just seeing the fragility of like how fragile this thing is no matter how big and bad you think you are and realizing like yo I am like this like vulnerable uh, like the grace uh, for me personally with me and my my relationship yeah it don't take much yeah for me I'm like yo I'm walking around a couple things one yo Albert Einstein has this quote man and I gotta get it right but he's like a hundred times a day I remind myself that I live and I enjoy my life on the backs of the creation and the life's work of so many other people and that I must push myself to live a life that's deserving of their sacrifices essentially that's the quote right and also for me I just think we're just rolling on a bunch of grace man like grace like because I still have it imprinted in my mind that IED that sudden like boom that storm that can just change absolutely everything and so I live my life for a moment where I can die from anything and I believe and everyone's like well that's so terrible and dark no man because of that I'm present so much more often in every moment it's visceral we could be doing nothing and I'm gonna be like man this is awesome I'm going to work with a gun for a reason uh, and I, I take that literally and seriously you know like I'm not getting caught up in the stress of the future I'm not getting hung up by the stress of the past I'm here it, the fact that I'm able to do this podcast with you right now and that I'm young and that I'm relatively strong and that I I, I have a beautiful wife we got some cool dogs yeah you know I'm saying it's like a pretty nice day no one's trying to kill me like these facts are like always bringing like love and life and vibrancy to every single day that I get to live because of that sense of of, of that understanding of the how fragile this contract with life is and I think that's something that guys need to get a hold of because we struggle so much because we fail to manage 
our minds and we fail to manage. Um, we, we get so caught up in circumstance and we don't realize that the circumstance isn't what adds the stress to us. It's the way we manage our minds because if, especially yes. if you're military background, homie, you've been through worse, bro. You ain't cold. You're not wet right now, homie. You know what I mean? Like you, this stuff could, you could take all of this away from me. Yeah. You know I mean, and, 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 it ain't going to be like how it was when I was in country and with grown men trying to kill me two, three weeks without a shower. You know what I'm saying? It just ain't going to be like that. I'm in Cali, you know, like I, you know, and I, I feel like it's just one of those things, man. So just realizing that, that, that death is imminent and it is something that we were, we're not promised to live, man. I think adds so much beauty and meaning to life, man. So that's good stuff you're touching on, bro. To get... To get, we do a few things. The wife's on board too. She's all about it. Like yeah. we live in an RV. I mean, it's not a little RV. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, but we just do have a lot of stuff a couple days ago. Sounds like so freedom, bro. Accumulating things. Sounds like some real yeah, freedom, we, homie. We, got what, we have what we need. Yeah. And then we start getting too many things. And we go donate it or give it to somebody or sell it for cheap. You know, yeah. and like we're like, do I really need this? You know, and I, I don't. So I, I give up a lot of comforts, a lot of things. Right now, we're we're trying to figure out where we can put it. I need power. And I need electricity, or I need, I need electricity, and I need internet to be able to work and, and feed the family. We homeschool yeah. the boy, um, but we're we're trying to find a place where we can put up a, a wall tent, like a canvas tent with a wood stove, where I gotta go out and like chop trees down and, and cut wood and everything else, and be, keep us warm all winter, and go stay in a canvas tent, like wall tent all winter, like put it right next to the house or something, our RV or something. Yeah, I don't know. We the I, just uh, something to do, man. It's just like, wild, man. I get bored. That, that's I get good. Bored. And I'm like, hey, I've never had long hair. I'm going to grow my hair out. Like, I've never done it before. Let's see what my hair looks like. Uh-huh. I, I, man, I have no desire ever to live in a house and have a mortgage and be stuck in one place. It just doesn't appeal yeah. to me at all. Yeah. But I love the idea of, like, you know what? For some people, it's... I've never lived in a tent for a year. Yeah. That might be fun. It's yeah. hard. I mean, for some people, you know, and you got to do what's right for you. I'm with you, though, man. I'm like... A nomad at heart, man. I'm, I'm well. Fluidity is like my deal. Like I like to just be able to go be wherever I want to be. When I was growing up, my dream was to just like live on a boat with like, you know, a laptop and a cell phone and cre- run my empire from there. We're gonna there. live on a boat sometime. We're gonna at least you know? spend a year on a boat, a houseboat, at some point. That's awesome. That's our, one of our goals. Yo, so bringing it back to some industry stuff. This is awesome, man. This this stuff we're talking about is just the the value. I think it's the beauty of, the, of this podcast, man. Being able to go to all those places. Um, but some questions I had for you, surviving decisive engagements, life-threatening engagements. If you were going to talk about uh, just a few principles, mindset-wise, um, what do you think is what makes a difference? What do you think, like in your classes, you know, what, do you, what contributes most heavily to surviving and moving through uh, life-threatening decisive engagements? observation we talk about awareness a lot yeah but you know being a trained observer just observation of the world around you is definitely being a good observer is definitely a skill uh that is a, a skill that, that people need the, the earliest i can detect something's going bad the more i'm going to be ready for it the more i'm going to be able to i'm going to start analyzing those problems and try to solve them. i can process it faster yeah um so you know just being observant and not just I think situational awareness is this big thing that we say yeah that like uh, blankets all the time yeah um, and then people are like oh situational awareness thing that, but I, the basic observation and spatial awareness of the world around you the people around you um, and how they're interacting with each other the social dynamics at play uh, so we can start seeing things happening before they do 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever did the Combat Hunter program in the Marine Corps, but talking about detecting things and then yeah. on it left a bank. Yeah. Uh, they, the gentleman wrote a book too uh, on it explaining all those things. Um, good stuff. You guys need to get that book. Read. Sorry if you're watching. Uh, yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of good information in there. The Combat Hunter program was some of the best training I ever did. And it was like mental training. Oh, yeah. It was great. Dude, so um, yesterday we had we had uh, Yosef Badu, who was an instructor there for 10 years. Uh, we had Yosef Badu, who was an instructor there for 10 years, on yesterday, actually. We just did, a, uh, just did an episode with him, and he was he's just branched out and done emergence. So we were literally talking about the Combat Hunter all the training and left of bang just yesterday so it's awesome that you mentioned that man that's good that's stuff good. yeah I, didn't, I, I missed good that trash that's no, great um, but you know the, the observation but also I need to be well rounded yeah you, we all think oh shooting incident I need to be fast out of the holster yeah you you need to be fast out of the holster and clear clothing I need to be thinking about I need to be highly lethal for my bad guy yeah and highly safe for the people I care about and people I don't even know that there's people around me. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's a tough balance. So I've got four safety rules and I won't bore you with them right now, but my classes, everything I teach is basically teaching the students the tools to follow those four safety rules in life. They're not awesome. written rules. They're, and those, those state, the, the whole, everything, the ready positions we use, the way we're presenting to the target, the way we're fighting, how we're engaging the target, the angle in which we're engaging the target, the position in which we're engaging the target, like all of those are to help us follow the safety rules and I'll bring it back in context and the safety rules constantly. Yeah. Um, and so I, I need to be proficient with my firearm. And I don't care. People tell, I see it, it's all over the internet right now. I know you've seen it. People watching have seen it. But yeah. there's, people, there's, there's people that say defensive situations do not require a high level of accuracy. You do not need to be accurate with your gun in a defensive situation because most situations are like three-ish yards in and yeah. Uh, okay. And they shoot two to four rounds and it's over. So okay. then we lump it all into that. So Andy Brown dropped a dude at 70 yards. There was a shot, uh, what was it, at recently 49 yards or something? It was, it was, uh, with a handgun? Vegas. Yeah. Uh, and Andy's with, with, with a handgun. Uh, you go to a Walmart and look down the aisle. Tell me how far that is. And your wife's over there, somebody you care about is in the area, and there's a guy out there smoking people with a shotgun or a rifle, uh, and you, you need to take that shot. And those are the best angles, and you know if you go down that... 100 yards. Yeah, yards. you go down that aisle, you're now in a fatal funnel. Is it tactically, you know what I mean? Like, you might need to take the shot from the end of the aisle. <laughs> I need to have an understanding, and the person carrying a gun needs to have an understanding before he gets in a fight of what he's capable of under stress. How, and, and they need to, they don't... I can shoot buttons on shirts at three yards all day long. I can put little sharpie dots and shoot them on three yards all day long, and that's good practice. Two buttons on shirts. And, and hit these buttons on shirts. Yeah, you know, or, yeah. or a sharpie dot on a target at five yards. I can do that. I can shoot at that level. We turn on the stress, maybe I don't shoot one at that level. We back out the 15 yards. I'm no longer hitting buttons on shirts. How often do we need to actually shoot the guy's shirt button? Pretty much never. Uh, I might have this full frontal bad guy like we always chain and that we always train and we shoot him in the chest and everything's great. Uh, but in reality, I may have head and shoulders leaning around a corner. I may have underneath the vehicle where all I have is basically a thin leg by the ankle that I need to shoot. And it's 15 yards away and I've got a spot that big that I need to put a bullet into. I've got a limited exposure target, maybe all you have. 
uh, and I've got to get a good precision. Even though there's such there's a reason why we need to be able to be precise with our fire. Uh, I may need to turn on extreme precision even for a close range engagement, if for a hostage situation or a number of different things that could take place. Um, I may only have I may have been shooting through a window and I've created a port through that window, and now I got to continue More to shoot through, through that, that window. Port on that window. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's, I can give you examples for the next hour on why you need to be able to shoot guns good if you're carrying guns, despite the internet saying you don't need to be accurate, <laughs> achieve a high level of accuracy with a handgun. Yeah. Most importantly, you need to have a baseline of, of your skill level under stress uh, as far yeah. as just shooting is concerned so that you can subtract from and trade speed for that baseline. If you don't know how well you can shoot... Boom! Yo, say good. that again. Yeah. Say that again. You got to have a baseline. You have to have a baseline. Uh, to understand what your capabilities are under stress, yeah. So you can have at least have something to subtract to, from and trade speed for. Because I see that I see guys come apart. You, you 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 sprinkle some 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 a timer. You sprinkle a little bit of pressure. Some people watching, and you just see the skill set just start to just come apart. Yeah. And it's like, yo, your ty axis isn't flooded, man. Your limbic system isn't going haywire right now. You you still have control of all your quick twitch funness. Like, yo, this isn't even the thing, bro. Yeah, I mean, like, yep. can you imagine how you're gonna come apart? You and the two people you care the most about are about to die. Die. You drew your gun and your thumb got caught in your shirt. Right. You're trying to work through that. And now you've got somebody running in front of you trying to get past. They're screaming that you have a gun. Yep. Right. And now you're presenting that gun to the target and somebody moves in the background. Now I've got to figure out how to change levels or, or change my geometry to fire so I don't injure the person in the background. While this guy's driving his gun to me, he doesn't care about where my bullets go. He's driving his gun to me. My family's behind me. I've got to do something to protect them. I'm yep. not in good trajectory here. Like, there's so many things happening. And it's it bullet time, man. No. It could be something insane. Yeah. Right? And we need to be ready for that. Yep. And the better you are at shooting guns good, yeah. reloading your gun, clearing stop. Yeah. Images, uh, drawing and, and, and moving offline for a number of reasons to, to clear foregrounds and backgrounds for geometry of fire, uh, for moving to cover, for moving to protect a third party in yeah. your line of work, protecting the person you're protecting, yeah. uh, working in close proximity, choice of ready positions that work around other people. The better you are at all of those fundamental basic skills, the more your mind is going to be free to think tactics. 100%. And if you're not good at all of those little small details. Yeah. To the smallest thing that you hate practicing because it's so mundane. If you're yep. not amazing at those, then your mind is going to be occupied trying to get that little small thing that you should have already worked out years yep. ago on the that range. That should be unconsciously should be competent. Should have been unconsciously yep. competent by now. The basic stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I don't believe quals will get you there. You know? And I. I <laughs> about anything gun related, you failed before the fight. Yeah. I'm not gonna think of anything about anything gun related. That's the truth, man. That's some good trash, man. And that's it's 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 and it, you know it's something that we talk about a lot. You know, with some of the guys that I shoot at with is just like you've got to be able to like you, your shooting is like a foundational thing. Keep your fundamentals and things like that. But we want to free up the rest of your bandwidth so that you can think while you're shooting. So yeah, exactly. you drill your trash and drill your trash so that that stuff is is unconsciously competent. 
it and you can think now while you're shooting. The act of uh, employing your firearm is something that's like you have the muscle memory around it, you have the instincts around it, but now I'm thinking about where my you know my my next best piece of real estate that I want is what are my ap- actions after this like I'm thinking through the inqu- the whole entire equation the entire time you know where is everybody where am I on the battle space like what's my next move what's his next so move? I, have, I have a system that I teach for pretty much everything yeah. I, I, uh, I'm taking a lot of classes where we just go winging okay I'm gonna blow a whistle or yell something and we're gonna draw our gun to shoot two rounds on the target and then we'll put them back on our holsters and do that again a thousand times. Um, I have a system for, for drawing from the holster, for immediate yeah. post-engagement scan, for communication for the, the, the people that are around that are watching this event, that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that I'm, they're seeing me, I'm doing mm-hmm. a really good impression of a bad guy right now with a gun out in the public environment with a dead bad guy laying on his gun that nobody can see that I think I'm a murderer, uh, how we handle those situations, a system that we go through and look for every time. What am I specifically looking for when I'm scanning back and forth? How am I scanning back and yeah. forth, right? Uh, in reality, it's not a like we do on the range like that's yeah. not how it really works it's more like uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, we're predators right our eyes are in the front of our face we're not like rabbits with our eyes on the side of our head yeah, we we'll see everything yeah. because we're predators now we feel like prey we don't like feeling like prey yeah. we want to look everywhere right ahead so nobody's going like doing this whole kind of stuff real nice and slow and smooth like we do on the internet range katas like, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've done stems and, and force on force training yeah. and seen all kind of fights on video but we're, we're everywhere man yeah. we're, we're trying to we're moving around we're shovel stepping we're yeah cause you're just waiting for that I mean you're trying to see where's the next guy what's the next problem I gotta solve man like what's going on how many yeah, well, I, like I, my system is there anything else here that can hurt me yeah yeah am I, am I standing and this could be a person a bad guy with a gun it could be I'm in the middle of the freeway after I wrote this dude a ticket and he drew his gun started shooting at me yep. and now there's a tractor trailer coming down the freeway yep. uh, I'm in a parking garage and there's a car driving way too fast I'm in Miami and this dude in his Ferrari's just getting crazy yeah. um, is there anything else here that can hurt me yeah. am I standing in the most survivable location I yeah. could possibly be standing in so is there cover available can I put a barrier between me and this guy who wants to kill me that's still got his gun that may regain consciousness yeah because exactly now flowing freely horizontal to his brain and not yep. having to feed gravity he and that no pressure's pressure. going uh, back up right now that blood pressure's right, going right. back up uh, so I yeah he might be getting clotting you know it could be a lot of things happening so I I'm uh I, that's, is there anything else here that can hurt me uh, am I staying in a survival location and then last me what's my next problem to solve you know maybe call fine work maybe throw that tourniquet on that person that's hurt on yep. my leg do something yeah, find heck something. yeah no and that that's awesome stuff man it's good gouge and then what about dude the whole I don't know something I've really learned to appreciate is the cold and on demand drill when you get to the range like if you have to pull your weapon you know heaven forbid it's gonna be cold and on demand yeah you know I mean like yep. there's a lot to be said for warming up you know when you're just there to warm up and drill but I personally think there's a lot to be said too for like what can you do the first time you get to the range based on your current skill set without touching your weapon <laughs> you know what I mean like when I'm there by myself or with like one other buddy not, I don't go by myself but when I'm there with, with my close friends we do our first drill it's a cold and on demand you know and we like to see what we can do we like to run those bare solutions targets put them out there and just hey let's see what you got you know what I mean because that's where you're going to have to that's going to be your springboard for that engagement. You know, it's not like yeah. you're not going to have been warming up, you know, on the range doing your walk back drills. <laughs> I mean, before you, before my, my first drill I do in my handgun class. Yeah. Uh, it's still, I know what I'm going to do the rest of the day, how the rest of my day is going to be, yeah. what I'm going to be teaching for the rest of the day because I reserve the right to change any class based on the suit. Heck yeah. To show up. Um, as I tap a gun on the three yard line, I got little Sharpie dots on the target. Like, yeah. 
little bitty dots. Uh, three yards, I'm like, all right, guys, draw your handguns. When I, when I get out of your way and you're back on your point of line, uh, I want you to get Here your fire go. grip on the gun. I'm going to come by and look at your grip because sometimes I'll have somebody with a funky grip and they ruin their day on the first shot. Just let me come see your grip before you start shooting. When I do, you can begin. I want you to give me the 10 best shots you've ever fired in your entire life yeah. at that far left little Sharpie dot right there. Yeah. I, like, give me the, the 10 Best shot Sexiest, best. Just no, I'm not even giving any time limits. Nothing else. Just like, put no them stress, in there. No yeah. time limits. No nothing. Just pure only shooting. You don't have to think about anything else. Let me see what skills you brought. So Presence. I'm watching them draw the gun from the holster, and I'm seeing how they draw from the holster. So I'm thinking, trained or untrained? Yeah. Untrained, untrained, untrained. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Untrained, untrained, untrained. Uh, and then I go through their groups, and then I use their groups to move on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's like I, I can I can tell what I'm dealing with immediately. And uh, there'll be somebody who's just all over the place that thought they were awesome. And then there's somebody right next to them that just Dude. all the shots are in the same hole. Yeah. And like you you just experienced shooting at the high level. For some of you, that's the first time in your life you've ever seen someone shoot at a high level. You may have went through your entire life thinking you were good because you put 10 rounds or emptied a magazine on a target at 7 and yards. And they were all somewhere in the chest. Yeah. That is not impressive. We can no. all miss the, the really really fast we can all do that that just right. you didn't come here to be able to do that you came here because you need to shoot fast and accurately and make good decisions like it's uh, most people have never experienced a high level of shooting that's the truth that's just the truth a lot of people just like guns and they I mean they never really put the time in to really become good at it I got another question for you if you can hear me uh, about firearms can you train firearm skills without being on the range it's a simple one actually you'll probably It'd probably be a quick answer, but um, you back? Let me push me to make a quick answer. No, I'm not, <laughs> dude. I got time, bro. I'm enjoying all the content, bro. You're able to. I, I'm, I'm loving it, man. Um, but no, no, uh, yeah, for sure, you can you can train without being on the range. Um, I there's a lot of good information on the internet. I don't think watching videos is training. Right. I think watching videos is a, a great place to start. It's like Wikipedia. Like you don't cite that on your your thing. We don't you don't you don't do Wikipedia on your your graduate school classes things. Like they'll laugh at you. Uh, but it's a good place to. But start. you can get some good references off of Wikipedia. Yeah. Like if you go to the Wikipedia <laughs> article and start looking at where they got their info, maybe do a little back searching. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I've done it, but you know. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's how YouTube. But that's what YouTube can do for us, you know, yeah. training video, whether it's martial arts or guns, like, hey, you know what, that's interesting, I'm going to look more into that, never thought about that before in my life, that's a new concept to me, I'm going to check that, that out more, Yeah, you know, I'm going to ask my guy, my friend, who's a firearms trainer that has been doing this for years, I'll be on the internet and uh, look up to him, people spend a lot of money going to his classes, he must not suck at what he does, yeah. I'm going to ask him what he thinks about it, you know, yeah. um, they, they, we can get, we can inspire thought there, uh, dry practice, you know, just practicing reloads. When I don't shoot for a few months, and I noticed this past week, I've been I haven't spent a whole lot of time on the range in the past like three months. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, my my accuracy and my speed and accuracy goes downhill yep. because you know when we press the trigger and that gun moves down, you know the internet will tell you that you're anticipating recoil. I'll tell you that yeah, that's a good thing as long as you do it in sequence. You know, if I do it while I'm pressing the trigger and I move the gun, I just miss the target. But what the really you see all these competition shooters, if the gun goes click, they're moving that gun down. But what they're doing is they're moving that gun down in the correct sequence. And when in the correct sequence is when the gun's fired and it's recoiling, they're fighting for realignment to get that gun back down on target faster. Huh. So when that movement happens in the correct sequence, it's not a bad thing. When it happens out of sequence, like the majority of shooters, where they move that gun down as they're pressing the trigger, they miss low center, low left, low right, like everybody else does. Um, so I start losing that sequence 
when I'm shooting fast. Wow. And I start yanking those rounds down. That's bullet time um, stuff. Really quickly. Yeah. What I don't lose is reload speed and clearing stoppages. I don't know if it's because they're just more gross or it's because I've spent so many, so many hours in my life with rifles and handguns when I don't have any rounds around, when I've got my gun out of the armory or I'm at home with my own guns and I'm thinking I'm going to deploy against you, I need to put in work and I'm reloading my rifles. I'm reloading my handguns. I'm just practicing, dropping a magazine and reload. Just dropping a, just setting them back up. I've done that for hours and hours till my fingers bled. Uh, I do not lo- really lose any measurable speed uh, in reloads and stoppage clearances with a shot timer. Uh, awesome. I, why, I guess that's my, those are my theories. Because yeah. um, I put in a lot of work. So I, because of that, that's my theory. I think you can put in a lot of work and manipulation uh, trying to make those set up as real as possible and get yeah. those stoppages. Yeah. And uh, reload the gun, you know? Yeah. Those, those, those skills. We call them underwear hours, man. anything. Yeah. Underwear yeah. hours. I mean, because some guys, they're saying things like, hey, man, I can't afford to go to the range. I don't have the time to go to the range. I say, man, just get back to the Marine Corps, get your dry firing in, get your underwear hours in. We call it underwear hours here, you know, you're at home, you know, outside of your safe and your undies, you know, uh, doing your reload drills with your belt on, with your rig on, just practice the reloads. 10 minutes a day, a lot of guys say, man, it, it, it really, and I know for a fact, it really does make the difference. It can definitely help drawing you stay from sharp. Holster, drawing from concealment. Yeah, getting that dry yeah, fire drawing, drawing, drawing reloading. With one hand. Yeah. Reloading your gun with one hand. Clearing mm-hmm. stoppages with one hand. Um, applying handcuffs to somebody or restraints with somebody with one hand. Applying tourniquets to yourself or somebody else with one hand. Yeah. They're injured. They're injured. I'm, uh, I'm seeing uh, in the video watch, videos that I watch of dash cam, closed circuit TV, uh, cell phone footage. Yeah. I'm fortunate to be a firearms and trainer, firearms trainer in a time where there's so much video evidence. Right. I think years ago people went off hearsay and, and people's macho uh, Stories, embellishment lies. Wives I, tales. I really believe that. Yeah. Like we always want to make us sound like we went through something harder than everybody else and we right. had it the worst and we were the best and everything else what we do as humans um, but I can see fights now and I don't I don't believe that that video evidence is the end all to train like that we should it's just a small sample size still so we're not getting everything but uh, there is a story there I should not develop my training and everything that I do in life because of the videos that are out there only the things that are caught in video yeah. but there is some evidence there and one of the pieces of evidence that I'm seeing is over 30% of all of these shootings involve one hand at some point I was going to say that there's something to be said for this firing with one hand trash man because all, yeah. we're seeing it a lot now that we're we're seeing that like I don't know if it's just that your, your your brain's jammed up and flooded, but that punching out with one hand, the second things are happening, so, the th- second things are getting so moving. Still, way back in the day, if I had a hammer that I had made out of rocks and stuff, yeah. you know, uh, I, and I, if I lose this thing, I may not die today or tomorrow, but I'm going to die of hypothermia, even though I don't know what hypothermia is. Can't chop uh, no rocks, no, chop no... I, I've got to feed myself, make snares. I've got to catch things. I've got to forage. I've got to. I've got to. I've got to make fire. I've got to do all those things. Yeah. I can't lose my tools. We got. He was like the whole, like the law enforcement officer who also do his clipboard. Uh, there was a fight in. Uh, I think it was Cleveland not too long ago. There was at the end of last year. Uh, guy was running around. A law enforcement officer with his handgun out shooting this dude who was shooting at him and the other guy, other officers that were there. And he never dropped his taser. He had deployed one of his tasers, one of the X2s that have two shots. And he deployed one of them with no effect. And they started going lethal. Um, and then he just ran around this whole fight that lasted like a minute and a half, never dropping his taser, even though he didn't need that taser. Yeah. And our minds were wired to not let 
let go of our tools. You know, we got the gangster who's getting the drive-by shooting and he's shooting, popping off rounds with a cell phone next to his ear. Not because he wanted to look cool. He never even considered for a second to let go of that tool, that, that valuable device that he has that connects him to everything, his livelihood, his money, yeah. his, his, his dollars, the drug dealer, whatever. Hmm. He never even considered dropping it. That's wild. Uh, so we, we don't... We don't let go of our tools. You know, you may be protecting that person that you're, you're paid to protect, wrapping them up, getting behind them, moving somebody somewhere, articulating the door, get pushing somebody down. Yeah. You could be doing a thousand different things with that hand. You could have got injured in a fight with that hand. Yeah. I could be holding my eight-year-old because he doesn't run as fast as me. Right. You know, there's a, a bazillion reasons uh, why. Maybe you're protecting a kid. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I, I, I think, I think we need to put in work with one hand. And I if I'm seeing 30% of these engagements, I don't think it's too crazy to say that I need to put in 30% of my time where I can do something with one hand. Yeah, 100%, man. I saw Knockout Lights do some great trash down, some good media down on this one hand thing. It's only your weak hand if you let it be your weak hand. Good to go. I was like, ah, get them. Burn them at the stakes. Get all of them. I loved it, man. I call it my stupid hand, man. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to find what works for you. What do you think? I can, of- I can call it whatever I want. It's not going to make it better. Yeah, no, it's the truth. Got to put in work. What do you think about the yeah. phrase, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast? Man, I've heard this since I was like a 17 year old kid from the yeah. footprints at Paris Island in like 1997, man. Yeah. Um, no, that's why I'm asking it because I'm have, I have these two camps all around. They're like pew 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 on this topic, and I just yeah, want to hear what I everyone else understand thinks. it then, so it kind of makes sense. Oh, I get it. So I just need to go slow to make sure I'm doing all, all the movements smooth, smooth. And if I'm doing them all smooth, then I'm not having these interruptions and screwing up, so I accomplish the big goal fast. So slow and smooth, smooth. That's what I, I thought for a long time. And then as I get a little further uh, along, I, I start really thinking about this more. And I don't remember when this happened. Yeah. Somebody was there was somebody was saying slow and smooth, smooth is fast. And I was just sitting there thinking about it, not even listening to what so they're funny. saying. I'm like, yeah. Smooth, slow can't be fast. <laughs> slow. <laughs> there he is. He's a, slow. 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 His mother's thinking slow. How smooth you do slow. It's still slow. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I, I do believe that, that there is a thing that I refer to as training pace. A okay. training pace is that pace, and maybe even the, the techniques that I use, like looking at what I'm doing with my eyes all yeah. the time. Uh, and the, or the internet would say, why'd you look at your holster? Uh, yeah. You put it away. You don't know what you're doing. You look, and I'm like, well, if you, you're too scared to look down at your holster, don't put your gun away. Uh, and there's a whole bigger, longer talk than that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another World War gun guy one right there. They'll say, I saw you look at your magazine well when you reloaded your gun. Yeah. Professional, you had to look at your magazine. I'm like, no, I didn't have to, but I'm always but, faster when I use my eyes. You know, I don't drive off sense of smell. I'm a better driver when I use my eyes. Just yeah. I'm a better reloader when I use my eyes. Yeah. Vision is available. And they're like, but you're looking at your gun and you can't see the target downrange. And I'm like, well, what do you use to aim? Do you focus on your front sight? And they're like, ellipses. <laughs> that it is okay to focus on my front sight right. when they're shooting when they're sending bullets into the atmosphere that could kill people um, that it's okay to stare at the gun and not the bad guy but when we reload we gotta have full focus on the bad guy we gotta Jedi that it trash only works when we're focused on the sights right like ridiculous the internet is a horrible place chunk it oh, break it down uh, prioritize and execute way. good to go <laughs> the slowest move slowest move is fast I believe in a training pace where uh, I might do these things use my eyes yeah. go slow to work on good economy of motion, good yeah. efficient mechanics, yeah. uh, and then I start I smoothen those robotic features out, yeah. uh, and then it gets faster. Mm. Uh, I slow down today to go faster tomorrow. Right. Uh, but it's still I, I I am not a fan of the slowest, smooth, smoothest, fast. I, I don't. I, don't. I think 
See, to me, I I remember from my experience, I kind of am on the fence with it because slow is slow. And then at the same time, I, I know why it's taught because for the masses and the people that don't get to such a high level of, you know, being as proficient, efficient, the so such a high level of affectatiousness with their weapons, uh, it's relevant. You know what I mean? Because you get into a high threat situation and your life's on the line and your limbic system does jam up and you're losing all your quick twitch trash like like we were talking about earlier maybe you lost that gunfight before it ever started but the, the reality for a lot of guys or if you ever do thunderdome at the end of the end of the range day where it's like two guys are standing side by side get your hits on your piece of steel you know what i mean and everyone's competing you see these mechanics start guys start to come apart and so i, I think there's something to be said for the slowest smooth smoothest fast to the masses to people that are like at a certain level, but you shouldn't be there for very long. You know what I mean? Like you're as a warrior, I think you should train yourself to where, no, I can push it and I can be good at pushing it and I can go fast as fast. You know what I'm saying? Because, but then also, you know, and when I was in trash happening in Iraq, I do remember, man, the saying did come in handy, you know, and this is why I'm on the fence with it because I remember being like, Ah, like do the trash you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Step one, step two, <laughs> step three. Mu- you know what I mean? You know what I really think? Huh? Really, really, really think every time this comes up? Yeah, break it down. Can you curse on this show? You do what you want, man. No. <laughs> you do what the heck you want to do, bro. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, I, how many, what, like, what could we really be talking about? We just spent like eight minutes talking about an internet saying that people like to post about and hashtag and like people argue about it and everything else yeah clickbait bs yeah we could have been talking about something that would change lives or save lives like we, <laughs> so he's, we, he's we just we just jumped into the same thing that's happening all over the place yeah i don't i don't care if you show up into the, the range you never shot a gun before and you call all the magazine clips on the range yeah i'm just glad you're here you stick around long enough you're gonna figure out what, the, what everybody else calls them like because mm-hmm. I, I i think there's more important things to talk about than me correcting some dude's terminology. Yeah. So, that's what I think. You can just call it whatever you want. If you want to yeah. think smooth is smooth and slow is slow and slow is fast and smooth is slow and slow is smooth is fast, that's cool. Get your hits. Right? I'm going to be over here yeah. firing yeah. talking about something relevant. No, I dig it, man. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. That's what's up. What um, I was looking at your website and your active killer defense your active killer defense course got my attention because it kind of had some buzzwords in it like active you know like active shooter active all that stuff um i wanted to hear a little bit about that before we roll before we roll out break it down man yeah no so um after uh uh sandy hook uh ryan hoover my my partner in the active killer defense uh, Ryan runs the uh, he's the uh, owner of Fit to Fight he's all over the, the country with his Fit to Fight locations Ryan is a, a Krav Maga guy he trains a lot of other things Heck yeah. um, but uh, Ryan I don't know if you're familiar with Ryan or anybody else out there is but uh, sure. I've trained with a lot of a lot of martial artists I've been around a lot of people that I, I consider were, were very real world martial artists that, that trained for for actual reality based fights uh, yeah. not just uh looking cool and then like the internet buzzwords and everything else and I find Ryan to be uh, one of the if not the most practical martial arts trainers that I, I've ever known um, and not theoretical the practical that, not theoretical practical it's gonna work this will be tested yeah and he's probably bled a little bit trying to trying to, trying to get it right and everything else uh, and 
and his uh, right hand woman Amber has probably bled too because he beats the crap out of that poor girl and she Give beats the crap out of him. Uh, All right. But uh, they uh, so he comes up with this active killer defense program, but it wasn't yeah. called APD at the time. I forget what he called it. It wasn't it wasn't active killer defense. Um, basically, where he taught disarms. Uh, when 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 that person, if, if we have a chance to um, to grab them, maybe they're, they're, that that rifle's leading into the room, mm. and the teacher can grab that gun. And, and used the Krav Maga disarm style techniques and he broke away from Krav Maga worldwide and started doing his own thing because of some disagreements with a lot of gun related stuff too uh, it's now that they start beating this dude in the face uh, we're often fighting people that are in these events like Adam Lanza size you know that we, we rarely run across uh, a guy that's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson coming in trying to hurt people yeah. usually these are like freaking dweebs man that you would break in half right? yeah. you would destroy this dude <laughs> with bare hands yeah. like you would squeeze his neck till his eyeballs pop out and then like rip him in half yeah 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 uh, that, that's how it would go down um, and so we, they, I, I believe it's, it's very feasible and practical for even a teacher to be able to turn on violence just enough to, to create a delay and maybe even hurt the person, maybe even incapacitate the person. I've got them tackled. I hit them in the head with a gun a couple times. They don't like how that feels. Now they're on the ground, and I'm putting all my weight on slamming that head on the ground, right? And I'm also yelling for somebody to come help me, hold him down, hold him down, stand on that gun. You know, if it's a high school teacher and you got a bunch of football players in there, problem solved. Game on, you know, yeah. Like a kindergarten kids you know we had to deal with some different situations yeah. so we get into some ethical dilemmas and some other things in the class uh but that's what ryan was doing and then uh uh i was in in kansas when uh, a shooting at the excel plant uh happened and uh a lot of people were murdered hmm. and, and ryan's like hey can you help me like we need to put this together now we've been talking about it where this has got an arm portion and an unarmed portion uh and bring it together Good and to i'm go. like yes uh, so I, I, I called a buddy of mine that uh, is a great medic, awesome medic. He was protecting uh, the Koch brothers, like Charles Koch and uh, uh, his family and everything. Yeah. Protecting them. Um, uh, he, he spent some time. I'm not. Well, I'm not going to say where he's at right now, but yeah. he's uh, uh, he's out in Palo Alto uh, doing big things. High end like stuff. Company in the world. Top shelf and, stuff. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, but he is uh, he is an awesome medic. So I'm like, hey man, can you come in and hang out with me? Um, and I, I want to make sure I have a good understanding of all this medical piece that we went over the other day in a class. He came in and taught a class. And I want to talk about these other things. I want to be able to, to, to put all of this together, wound packing, tourniquet application, and applying chest seals, and make sure I've got a package that I can deliver in one to two hours with practical application to build a this active killer defense class. So what me and Ryan ended up with was an unarmed portion. You come in a gym clothes, and you, 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 you're fighting, you're beating up bad, you're, you're wearing it out, you're sweaty, you're tired. You're tackling people. You're, you're learning a little bit about communication. Um, then we have the arm portion where we go through guns, what they look like, how they function. If you have a gun, you're hurting people, and I can grab that gun, but I, I can't hold onto it anymore, uh, we identify the magazine release. At least press that button. If he's firing, cover the ejection port. How to induce stoppages, how to do yeah. different things, how to disarm them if, if we can, yeah. um, and how we can just hang on a swing. You know, whatever you can think of to, to cause delays. Yeah, the information. Yeah. more information you have, the more options you have to solve the problem. The yeah. more sophisticated so, tools. But what we're really doing is inspiring them and giving them permission to act. Please don't okay. take your kids and cover their eyes and not let them watch themselves die. Yeah. As heroic as that is, in, in its own way. It's tragic. Let's position ourselves next to the door yeah. and put those kids on a corner. And when this crazy moron comes in there with a gun, not ready to grab do it. that thing. Yep. And I want thumbs in his eyes, his yeah. ear ripped off. I want you to bite his face off. Yeah. I want you to beat his teeth in. Do whatever Violence you can. Of action. Do not stop. Do not let up. Yeah. And then people make a comment, like, what am I supposed to do? Hit him with a stapler? Hit him with a stapler. Hell yeah. 
Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. The hardest shot with a stapler you've ever given. Yeah. iPhone X. Yeah. I've got an iPhone X. I can break somebody off with this. Off with an iPhone X, bro. Like I'm. If someone actually gets in my space, even though I have a little bit of size, or like I'm in an elevator, like I'll instantly take my iPhone and I'll put it right in the palm of my hand, and I'll take my finger and I will get ready to drive it through someone's eyeball. If I just feel even, even a little bit uncomfortable, like I'm sitting there and they're like, "Yo, this dude's like on Facebook, homie." I've killed you five times in this elevator. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's the game. That's what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Move wrong. You know what I'm saying? Then we, 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 we teach them medical um, because what we find is over 85% of these kids that are dying, mm-hmm. and not even just kids, and that was you know, what I say we find. I'm not part of the American College of Surgeons, but that's what we found in the uh, DHS. You know, they, they called for a big report and everything else. So we, we got the uh, uh, American College of Surgeons together. And uh, did did a lot of research, I think, and and what they came up with in the Harper consensus yeah. was for it was for the, the minimum lives lost in an active shooter or mass casualty event. Uh, it is on the immediate first responders, and they define the immediate first responders as those other individuals that are on the scene, may be injured, may not be injured, but it's not the it's not law enforcement, it's not medic, it's not EMS, it's the people right there. Yeah, and so they they they've called for the stop the bleed program. Uh, and putting medical kits in, in, uh, in, in, in massive bleeding kits and public access bleeding kits and that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's fully going through. I, I, me and a friend of mine work really hard on uh, pushing out Jacob kits. Uh, I try to get them in every classroom. We don't make a dime off of it, but we, we've got them in multiple states now awesome. all over the place. Awesome. Uh, Jacob Hall was killed uh, by, by a 14-year-old shooter at Townville Elementary School. Yeah. Um, and this kid wanted to be a hero. He loved superheroes. Uh, he was buried in a Batman costume. Me and my wife and son went down to his memorial service. We went down to his funeral. Uh, I got really close to this one. I, I a little closer than I should have. I always study these active shootings that happen, but this one I, I was I was 45 minutes from there, so I I got a little closer than I than I should have. Completely broke my heart. Um, so we, we call these Jacob kids and uh, to help make Jacob a hero. And we are in classrooms all over the country right now. Awesome. We have legislation in the South Carolina House of Representatives. So good. Uh, making it a law to have those, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, man, they're going like crazy. And so stop the bleed kit with Jacob's, Heck Jacob's yeah. name on it. Dude, that's... Uh, but that ties back into the, the active killer defense. So uh, those are a lot of things that I, I do on the side that yeah. uh, I think are just good for humanity. Yeah. Good for us. Heck yeah. Uh, don't make anything, but I, I love that little boy and I, I want to make him a hero, man. Heck and, yeah, uh, that's so... That honorable that's so noble man that's good good stuff yo and all you guys out there man you know take a look at the facilities that you're protecting and the residences that you're responsible for and think about getting these stop the bleeding kits man it's like that is i mean that two minute window you might be looking at that stopping the bleeding is the number one thing that it saves lives in these mass casualty events or any type of event so like any any you should have a medical kit on you yeah yeah, it comes with the territory. One hundred percent, at least. You know, at least an IFAC or something in your kit. That's in my EDC. I have two different medical kits with me. I got the stuff in the car, and I have stuff in my day pack that I always have with me. Um, but you so know, worst case scenario, you know, you've got some gauze, uh, whether it's combat gauze, hemostatic or not. Yeah. Uh, chest seals in there. Yeah. The tourniquet can get super small, especially depending on what kind of tourniquet you're using, and where maybe we can. Uh, I have a conversation about turning because I'm not a medic. I, I'm not. Uh, I almost stopped the bleed instructor. They gave me a certificate on the internet. Hey, uh, <laughs> about lifesaver. So I feel comfortable teaching wound packing, flying chest seals, and, yeah. uh, and tourniquet application. Heck but yeah. beyond that, is I don't do needle D's or any of that stuff. Like that's beyond my 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 world. But uh, yeah, but have have those those basic kits. 
Heck yeah, that's what's up. Um, no, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Considerations, gents. Any place you're working, any place you're responsible for, one, you should have medical equipment on you, and two, think about getting something like a Jacob kit or, or, or some type of medical kit around you. You know, it's it could be what could really make the difference. I'm 100% with you on that, man. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty much all I have. That's all I have. Sometimes I ask the guys if they have, because, you know, we're all into EDC. Do you have, like, an EDC item that you... That's like your thing that you always have with you. Might be a medical, might be your medical kit or something that you really like. Dig as far as your everyday carry trash. You see, I'm the dig. Yeah. I mean, I I carry more than anything else my lazy gun, the Smith and Wesson revolver, six four two. That's what's up. That's what's up. My lazy gun. I love that name. And now, if I'm really getting dressed, I'll probably throw the Glock 19. If it's yeah. top, maybe the BP9 in there. Yeah. Uh, depends on what it is. I, I I used to review a lot of guns. So oh, yeah? I, I would always carry I would always carry whatever I was reviewing. Yeah. Uh, and people were like, what what gun are you carrying? Like, if you don't like this gun, I'm like, what are you carrying? And I'm yeah. like, oh, I carry whatever I'm checking out right now, so I can give a good opinion of it. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't do that as much anymore. I made a vow last year that I'll never write a gun review again. I plan on never doing that again. Um, that that's another funny story. You just I was about to say like, what's up what's up with that man? You just hate guns or you just uh, hate the. I, I, I can't. You don't want to touch it. Lack of ethics. I can't handle the lack of ethics in the firearms industry. Mm. It's just it's not for me. Yeah. Uh, it's they, they they want to pay for lies and I I'm not going to play that game. I, I care about the end users, not the yeah. not the not the gun companies. Um, and Dig I think it. their priorities should be in the same place, and I don't like it when you sell them that. Well, and the world the, the world's not made for man anymore. It's made for money, man. That's why your doctor's selling you trash that'll right. kill you. The grocery store's selling you yeah. food that'll kill you. You know what I mean? That's the game. That's Knowing true. this is half the that's battle. True. We avoid disappointment by managing our, our, our expectations properly. No, I dig it, man. No, I, if, if you do need to see it, like uh, Dark Angel Medical, Pocket Dark. Okay. Check that out. That's good for you guys, Karen. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Focus is P H O K U S Medical Group. Okay. Uh, a few seals. They, they started this company. Uh, Focus is uh, they have a little a little kit called the Shield. Yeah. Um, and it's got uh, it's got a, it's got a SWAT T, which is a a uh, it's a bad tourniquet and a bad pressure dressing. Okay. Uh, and a bad occlusive, but it can do all three. Uh, and some people will probably be flaming me for that right there, but that's yeah. my opinion of it. But it, it is the tourniquet and does other things. Mm-hmm. Supplement that with a, a cat or a SWAT T or, or a soft T or something, and you'd yeah. be all right. But um, no, it's just that, that's what I carry, man. I'll get with me. Yeah. And, uh, a positive mental attitude everywhere I go. Heck and yeah. I, I'm polite. I smile at everybody. I give them head nods. I open doors. I hold a door for everybody. And uh, I, I think not being an asshole has kept me out of a lot of problems. A lot of problems, and not letting my ego control my actions has kept me out of a lot of problems. 100% man that controlling your ego the smile yo I would go so far as to argue that having a good energy and having that positive man attitude and having that smile is probably your most valuable disarm it will it will literally get you out of more trouble in life than any of the tough guy trash any of the I mean all the social dynamics having good good energy keeping your freaking ego in check and uh, especially when you combine that with being default with respectful, certain look, you know, yeah, certain look. Like I combine that smile and everything else, and then I also have this look like he could probably take care of himself, but yeah. he's choosing to be happy and smile and all these things. Yeah, I think that makes it even more powerful. That's power, like, exactly. I gravity. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it doesn't look like somebody I want to mess with, but man, he's also polite. Like that's yeah. weird. You know? that's, like, that's that's scary. 
That's the no. I that's that is the ultimate move, man. It's like and you just nailed it, man. Like rolling around, knowing who you are, and you can't achieve that from a place from a false place. You have to know who you are, know what you can right. do, and know what you're there to contribute. You know, like I'm the nicest guy in the world, and it's a very it's actually a tactical thing, but it's a genuine like, hey, I'm here to protect this place is safer because I'm here. You know, what I mean, and I'm happy to be there, and that that. I mean, you gain rapport with everyone in your environment. At the same time, if you know who you are, I think that a real man is there to protect, is there to love, is there to provide for like for their family and everything and everyone in their environment. But you have the quiet storm. You know what I mean? You have that there in yep. case it's needed. It's kind of like the picture behind me. The quiet storm's always there. Maybe you go to the gym and you train it. You know, you get on the mats with your boys and you train it. You let it out a little bit there. You do a little bit of therapy with your with your storm, but you always have that quiet storm. And I think that's one of the most intimidating, but also one of the things that brings the most safety. Like people feel safer when they know you have that. It's a beautiful thing, man. That's good stuff, man. Right. I'm the nicest guy ever. Yeah. But if there's gonna be violence, I'm gonna turn violent. Be the most violent guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about to get real violent. The most violent guy in the room. That's that's you know, and, and that's I, yeah. Yeah, and a lot, of, and if you haven't, I, I, I don't know. Was it you? Us? No, I don't think so. But man, I I believe in having a a, a huge reverence for for human life. There's nothing on this planet more important. I don't care if they're a thug, whatever else. Like they mm-hmm. redeem stuff. Maybe do something great. Like everybody deserves a chance, man. I can call yeah. me a hippie, whatever. I think humans are the most valuable thing on this planet. Like nothing's more valuable than that, ever. Uh, people also say that hey, there's a lawyer attached to every bullet. I think guys like you and guys like me and people who carry guns every day. There's a life attached to every bullet, and uh, and that's important, man. And uh, we we got to be mindful of what we're doing. Strapping on a gun it, it, and doing what you do for a living, it's, it's a huge responsibility that nobody should take it lightly. And we shouldn't allow our brothers and sisters to take it lightly. 100%. Right? It's, uh, that's we, church, we, 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 we joke about things. Yeah. That's how we deal with things. Yeah. But still, we can't take it lightly, man. That's good to go. No, 100%. And honestly, I think with any profession that has to do with you uh, carrying a weapon, it has just become more than just a job. It requires a lifestyle to go behind that art, behind that practice, behind that responsibility. So that's what's up, brother. Boom. So tell everyone where they can find you, man. Shameless plug time. Let's set it down. Follow me on Instagram. I'm trying to get more people that follow me on there because the more people you have on Instagram, the more I can get paid to have fun. So, like, uh, I, I'm like, I hit up a company. Recently, me and the family went uh, whitewater rafting because they wanted us to go rafting and post on Instagram. I'm like, you're going to let me go rafting for free and stay the night at your place for free and all I got to make Instagram posts? Like, where do I sign up? Right. What do you want for me to move in? Yeah. You know, and uh, it's uh, so, so uh, Instagram, I'm Daniel Shaw 0369 on all social media. Zero See, that's where you find me everywhere. Boom. Uh, public figure, Facebook page, and uh, the, the, everything Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Awesome, Daniel Shaw, this is done. And then is this? Uh, you can see my classes and my schedule. I don't have anything on my schedule right now. Yeah. I'm probably not gonna have anything on my yeah. schedule until uh, I'm actually thinking about working on something in the Salt Lake City area that might happen sometime this year, before the end of the year, Heck or yeah. early next year. Uh, but I'm probably not gonna have anything on the schedule for until we figure out when we're going to Texas and get down there. So uh, it's been pretty bad for a little bit. That's what's but up. We um. Love that you guys in class today. Okay, awesome, man. And is this your your primary website, the Shaw Strategies? Is that where you're partying yeah. at? That's that's my primary website. Yeah. Um, 
I'm working on the Jacob Kids website. We have a Jacob Kids page for that. Okay. Uh, I also have a, a Tango Yankee Chips. You're familiar with my Tango Yankee Chips, right? Shameless plug, bro. Break down this ch- Tango Yankee Chips. What you got, bro? Man, this is gonna take a while. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it all. Okay. Just go to Tango Yankee. You watch the video. Go go to TangoYankeeChip.com and watch the video. It's a short video. Okay. Basically, I I asked somebody to do something really nice for me, and I yeah. I just got back from teaching a class in Canada, and I gave him a little subdued Canadian flag patch that uh, a Mountie gave me after the class Okay. and because uh, it was a thing that meant the most to me right then so I, I gave it to him and, and just say thank you like a challenge coin kind of thing yeah. and I spun around in my head for a while and I ended up landing on poker chips because they weren't very expensive to make basically yeah. this is a chip that says thank you when somebody does something I've had I've had daughters like email me and say hey I, I gave my dad one my stepdad one uh, and thanked him for be acting like my real dad since I was a little girl and raising me. And like, like I, my, my eyes have, have tried many times with some of the messages I've got. Really? These are stupid little poker chips. These guys. That, that's, yes, that somehow get people to say things that they wouldn't say otherwise. Okay. And they're powerful. So, Byron, uh, I'll send you a couple. Sir. Put two in your pocket. Heck yeah. You carry them around because that way if you give one away you still got one in your pocket and you walk around all day and you look for somebody not being an asshole <laughs> person doing something yeah. and you're like hey man I, your hands were full but you held the door for me and went out of your way yeah thank you and you shake your hand and you give them a tango yankee chip boom and then you walk around all day long and your actions are actions of someone deserving a tango yankee chip because you have it in your pocket you're a better person. You're gonna make people a better person. Yeah. Give it away. Like I, they're, that's they're magical, stuff. man. Stupid little poker chips that like create magic. I think that's that's beautiful, man. That's now what I love about you, man. You're 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 a killer. You're hardcore. You're intense. You're cognitive. You know, you have that intellectual agility that comes from somebody who's been like training his mind. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. And and because that's that's our number one moments in my life, Byron. Yeah. One of my proudest moments in my life. I'm in Thailand training some Thai soldiers. Yeah. Uh, this was um, this was 2010 or 2011, mm-hmm. and the the captain that was in charge of everybody. Um, there was a major charge, and there was a captain. The captain gave me um, a tiger tooth hanging on a necklace, and he said he was dead serious. Like, and he because we spent a lot. We spent two two weeks together. We got to know each other really well. He said he handed me a thing. He said. Because you are a tiger, you are you are like a tiger who who eats meat and cries while he eats the meat he just killed oh, over the meat. So good. And I was like, because oh, yeah, bro. I don't know if tigers really cry, but I was like, man, if that's how he sees me, that's deep, like I, man. That's good I've stuff. Got something to live up to right now, yo. Like, that's that's beautiful, heart, man. That's good yeah. stuff. And like, because the next but thing that, I was gonna say is, you got the heart, man. You've got such a big heart. And that's what I think is a sign of a true warrior because when you really boil it down, what you find, what I believe I find in like the guys that I really, truly respect is they love their lovers. Yeah, I mean, like we fight for what we love. Yeah, I mean, we love life. We love humans. We love existing. We love so much. And that love drives us to beat the snot out of ourselves on a daily basis, to go harder than everybody, to fight for what we know we deserve. Because if we become the best we can be, we yes. can contribute on a higher level and the world will be a better you place. Because of hate. Yeah. 
I, 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 I love, love exactly. I'll stand there. I'll bleed out. I'll give you. I'll give you a blood transfusion of all my, all my knowledge of all my ability of everything that I can do. I'll put you on my back. I'll freaking die carrying you. Why? Because I got that stinking love in my heart. It's some deep trash. I can't talk about it too much more on here. But you know what I mean. It's the stuff, man. I see that in you. I respect the heck out of that. Out of that. I love it, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful episode. Good stuff, Daniel. It's, it's an honor that our paths have crossed, man. We're in, able to be in this trash and make the world better together, man. So that's good to go. Let's do it, man. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come on your show and run my mouth for like however long we did. It was a long time. It's an I honor. Anybody's podcast in a hey. while, and I missed doing my podcast. Yeah. It was fun, man. I really appreciate it. Heck yeah. Uh, no. Gunfighter Cast is where they can also go look. They want to yeah. look at my old podcast. Heck yeah. That's what's up, man. Hey, it's an honor. Semper Fi, brother. Stay sharp out there. We'll keep in touch and just keep mixing it up, man. All right. I'll see you on the next one, brother. Later. See ya. All right, gents. We're out, man. That was awesome. Sweet. Well, that was amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, that was fantastic, man. Daniel Shaw, he's awesome. And it's great to be able to just like mix it up with him and trade some paint with him here for the last few hours. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, Check out the executive protection lifestyle website executive protection lifestyle.com and get in and support the podcast with our patreon site man Uh, you'll see a link on the website actually it's on the homepage to support the podcast Um, and that stuff just goes straight towards me being able to do this me being able to get guys on me being able to get guys like daniel shaw to come out and do trainings for us uh, events we're looking at, at at putting together and just pushing this brand forward, making the world and the private security industry a better place. So get in there and, um, you know, do what you can to, to, to push this, this kind of movement, uh, forward, man. So men and women, you know, so nonetheless, uh, much love, uh, stay sharp out there and remember, you know, one mind, many weapons. You want to be good at private security. You want to be good at protection. It's more than just a job. It's a lifestyle until the next podcast. This is Byron Rogers, out. Boom, and to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month. a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use, put it towards a podcast and get involved in our our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, You know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom, and no podcast would be complete without a word to my sponsors, the companies that believe in me and that give us the opportunity to get cool stuff at a discount. So Rogue American Apparel. 
awesome American clothing. Check them out the second you see their gear, you'll know what I'm talking about. Sidekick mounts, all the cool videos you see me making with first person shooter stuff, videos with cameras mounted on my weapon and all this other fun trash, check them out. Primary weapon systems, simply the best rifles that are being made right now. It really is the evolution of, of, of it's the evolution of, of guns and evolution of rifles. Check them out. They make the best rifles, hands down, because of their piston system. There's a science behind it. Check them out. Gray Man Suit Company, all the different, you know, we've all had the idea of like, man, why does executive protection, why are we doing these suits? We can't move. It's hot. It's terrible. They make suits for what we do with the stretch where you need it with the reinforcement in the suits where you need it where the pockets in the suits where you need it duke defense all the different accessories that you need to make your rifle manipulations and everything and also your pistol stuff faster duke defense check them out all these companies have given me a code use my name byron b-y-r-o-n for 10 percent off byron b-y-r-o-n at checkout online on their websites for 10 percent off Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing, Executive Protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at Executive Protection Lifestyle. Dot com. If you want to find me, that's ByronRogersMotivation.com. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.